Thanks for listening to the Star Sport Podcast, number one for sport in West Cork. Close your eyes and pull like down. <laughs> and a new Irish record for Phil Healy, 22.99. Christy Cooney hands over the Sam McGuire Cup to Graham Canty, Cork All-Ireland Champions for the seventh time ever. Hello and welcome to the Star Sport Podcast. My name is Jack McCarran of the Southern Star and I'm joined as always by Star Sport Editor Kieran McCarthy. On this week's show we'll be looking ahead to the Cork Senior Football Championship semi-final between Newcestown and Duhello this weekend and speaking to Newcestown manager Tom Wilson. We'll also reflect on a second consecutive county final loss for the West Cork ladies who once again came up short against Moore Abbey at CIT last Saturday. But we'll start with the news that Cork will kick off their 2020 championship campaign against Kerry in the Munster semi-final in what will be a repeat of last year's Munster final. And Kieran, I know it's only October and I don't know why these draws are made so early and so early in the morning on Morning Ireland but that's a conversation for another day. But despite the fact that it is only October, Ronan McCarthy and his newly appointed background team will already be plotting how they're going to take down Peter Keane's beaten All-Ireland finalists. It's a big ask. Kind of, even though Cork did make progress this year, Jack, kind of, Kerry certainly made progress after the Munster final um, against Cork. Um, this Munster semi-final next year will, will be played in Parky Cueve again, which is, which is something that's an advantage for Cork because... Um, I don't know how long it is since Cork won down in Killarney it hasn't been a happy hunting ground for Cork teams travelling across the county bounds I think this year's or sorry the 2020 Munster Championship will take on extra significance depending on what happens at the special congress that's going to be on in Parky Cueve on Saturday week October 19th you know all those proposals about this new tier 2 championship coming in um, it depends what proposal is backed really because as, as it stands and um, with Cork demoted down to Division 3, if it is the top 16 teams that go through to the All-Ireland series, um, if it's taken as the teams that, that start the league, Cork aren't in the top 16 teams. And and if Cork don't get through to the Munster final, then they will be in Tier 2. I know it sounds it sounds I sound a, a bit like Kevin Kilban trying to explain the Nations League here, you know, but it's kind of um so basically it's the top sixteen teams that will start Division One, Division Two next year will um, be in prime position to go into the the All Ireland the, the race for Sam Maguire. Um but Tipperary are kind of proposing that it's the sixteen teams the top sixteen teams after the league. So that means the two teams that win division three will be in the top 16 teams so that just to make it that little bit more confusing yeah and the kind of the bottom two teams will drop down so um, it's going to be interesting to see what happens because the special congress um, if Tipperary's motion does go through Cork and if, and if Cork can get promoted next year it's a safety net there but if the other, the other motion goes through and it's the top 16 teams that start the league so those two sets of teams in division 1 and division 2 next year that means Cork will have to beat Kerry, otherwise they're demoted down to the second tier, which will be a headline grab when you consider the Cork run the Super 8s this year. So we have to watch what happens at Special Congress in Parky Creeve on Saturday week. Okay, well, just then, before we move on, to put it into layman's terms, I'm trying <laughs> because. You might do a better job than I did. You've confused me there, and I'm sitting beside you, so I can only imagine what's going through the minds of some of our listeners. So just to really put it in black and white, 
as the current proposal stands, Cork would need to beat Kerry in a Munster semi-final. They would. They need. They need to get. They need to, 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 to guarantee themselves a yeah. place in Tier A. It's yeah. It's the teams that get through to the provincial finals would be kind of guaranteed. Plus the top sixteen teams in the league. Plus the top sixteen teams in the league. But if there's there's two different kind of proposals, propo- proposals out there, like but just take the second proposal out of it for for yeah. a second. Proposal one: Cork have to beat Kerry to be in Tier One. Exactly. Yeah. And then proposal two. Cork could win Division 3 to be promoted into Tier 1. Yeah, or finish in the top 2 in Division 3 and that's enough then. Which, which, judging by how they finished last year, is likely. But how much of a disappointment would it be then? We're, just, we're going to think in a worst case scenario mm-hmm. for a second. For Cork to have had the year they've had this year between the minors, the under 20s and the senior team making it to the Super 8s and holding their own in most of the games to have to go and play in a B Championship next year. That would, would it, would it, would it take the steam out of the progress Ron McCarthy and his team have been making or would it give them a chance to win some silverware and then kick on and go and win Sam the following year 2021 what do you think I think they'll, to be like in Division 3 next year like they're obviously playing teams not the quality of those in Division 1 Division 2 so if they have a full year outside of playing any kind of Division 1 teams you know, that's not good for the progression of this Cork team they need to be in the All-Ireland series they need to be in the hunt for Sam McGuire they're not going to win it next year but they really need to be playing those teams like they did this year. They played Dublin, Tyrone, Kerry, um, Roscommon, kind of all top-level teams. That's where Cork need to be playing. So, again, like I said, I've confused the hell out of it with my um, Kerryman explanation of a very, probably straightforward proposal. But we'll watch what happens. It'll be a lot clearer after Congress. Well, nothing is, in fact, ever much clearer after Congress because <laughs> <laughs> they tend to confuse it even further. But, look, we'll leave that there for now. And as mentioned at the top of the show, Town are in Cork Senior Football Championship semi-final action this Saturday at Park Erin with throw-in set for 2pm. They'll play Duhallow. They'll play the Duhallow side that were beaten in last year's final and have looked like real contenders throughout the year so far. In a few minutes, we're going to hear from Town manager Tom Wilson. But Kieran, first of all, you might set the scene for us ahead of Saturday's game. So this is Newton Sound's first county senior football semi-final. Um, they're on a great run this year. I mean, you consider they lost their opener to Clannacilte back in back, what's been April now. They bounced back really well since then. Good wins against Valley Rovers, uh, Mallow, and then Island Rovers in the quarter-final. Um, I suppose a feature of this run, Jack, is they haven't conceded a goal. Um, they've come through some very, very tough, tight games. They beat Valley Rovers by two points. They beat Mallow by one point. So they're digging out results in hard games. They held Island Rovers scoreless in the second half of their quarterfinal. Um, they're, they've got past the quarterfinals for the first time. They're, sorry, they're back in the quarterfinals for the first time since 2011. So it's kind of, it doesn't charter territory for, for Newstown football. Um, probably what helped this year is that they lost, the senior hurlers lost to Newtown uh, in August in the county championship because as a dual club and especially a dual senior club and that's a and that's a badge that Newstown rightly wear very proudly. It is hard to um to kind of be successful in both codes through both championships. It's it's early week in, week out and you're swapping back and over from hurling to football. So the silver lining to losing the hurling means that they can concentrate fully on the on the football and it's it's paying dividends. Um tough game coming up on Sunday though. Uh Hello would be favourites for this game. Um, to had a big clan in the, the last round 215 to 12 points they were 
beaten county finalists last year um, have a huge pick of clubs up into hello into hello clubs are going well at the moment so Newstown have it all to do jack but if, if it's a tight game and if Newstown make it a tight game you wouldn't bet against them well uh, you mentioned the fact that to Hallow beat Clonakilty in the last round and that's kind of the only real form line we have to go on this season because to Hallow comfortably beat Clonakilty in the last game and as you mentioned earlier in the season now obviously this is a long time ago at this stage mm-hmm. Clonakilty beat Newcastle in in the first round and that kind of gives us an idea of where both these teams are at I guess Newcastle have obviously come a long way from there as you mentioned three hard fought victories just to give the listeners an idea of how the odds are shaping up ahead of Saturday's game. Beaten finalists last year, Duhallow, are 6-1 to one on for this one. Nooses Town rank outsiders 9-2 to two with the draw at 12-1. to one. So obviously the odds reflecting mm-hmm. what you were saying there. And I think just an interesting point that I want to raise um, before I go back to you for your prediction as such. Um, you mentioned Nooses Town's solidity at the back. They've only conceded two goals. That was in their loss against Clonakilty earlier in the year. Similarly, Duhallo, very strong defensively. They conceded two goals against CIT in the divisional section of the championship and having conceded a goal in the championship proper, those were in, came in games against Carrigline and Clonakilty. But the interesting thing, the difference is, Newcastle has scored 146 so mm-hmm. far in this year's championship, conceded 241. So that's a score difference of plus two. Mm-hmm. Duhallow have conceded 243, two points more than Newcastle, but they've scored 770, which is a 49-point differential. So that kind of tells you where the, uh, the bookmakers are getting their odds from. So just then put into context how difficult a challenge this is going to be from Newcastle. You obviously mentioned they'd have more time mm-hmm. to focus on the football this year, but they're coming up against an extremely strong Duhallow side that uh, are probably chomping at the bit to get back to a final, having lost last year. That's it, you know, Duhallow are a really good football team. Like, even in midfield there, they have Aidan Walsh and Paul Walsh. And I think Aidan Walsh got a goal against Clan in the in this, this, uh, the semi-final as well. Duhallow are just a seasoned team at this uh, at this stage. They're strong all over the field. Um, it's a huge ask. It really is, to be honest, Jack, a huge ask for Newcastle to get, to get, I suppose, to get past them. But you know what? Like we said there, with the odds, like there's very little pressure on Newcastle, apart from the pressure that they'll put on themselves. Um the expectation will be for uh, a Duhallow win. So kind of, in a way, and I know it kind of sounds odd saying when it's a county semi-final, but Newstone New have absolutely nothing to lose here. Well, that's what I think, anyway. They've absolutely nothing to lose because, like I say, everyone expects Duhallow to win. So um, you just you just never know, kind of. And I think one of the interesting things this year is that Newstone have brought in two Cora boys into their, um, into their, their kind of their management structure. And two very experienced Cora lads, in fairness, it's um, Colin O'Driscoll and Brian O'Driscoll, both former Cork senior footballers. And even talking to Tom Wilson, and we did an interview with Cora Keane there a couple of weeks ago, and Dennis Hurley was chatting to him. They have been kind of waxing lyrical about, this was the very positive effect that, that Colin and Brian have had on this Lucy Sound team. I was going to read, Jack, actually, a, a quote from, 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 uh, from Cork from a couple of weeks ago. He said, they're seriously impressive and they've given us a savage structure which we didn't have for the last few years. We have a senior attitude again, like when Martin O'Brien brought in. He left to go over the Cork Camogie team and it was a, a, less of, a, it was a massive loss as he'd really raised standards. And Tom Winston has, as well has praised the impact that, um, that Brian and Cullum have made to the, to the Newcastle camp. And I suppose it's a, 
they were thinking outside the box there you know kind of um, to bring in the two lads and it, it seems to have worked so far they've everyone is kind of very very positive about the impact that Colin and Brian O'Driscoll have had on Cora and you know what it's it's a probably fresh ideas a new voice you know and it's, it's working out well so could be a trick up their sleeve on, on Sunday you never know yeah right. we'll see and just to pick up on another point you made there about this being a kind of a nothing to lose game for Town and the fact that they're in uncharted territories but just a quote I picked up on from Tom Wilson in the aftermath of their victory over either Novers he was speaking to Dennis Early and he just mentioned the fact that plenty on the current Town panel were involved when they won the Premier Intermediate in 2010 and he, he, he made the point that they know what it takes mm-hmm. they know what it takes to win big games on the big day we've seen that this season against Ireland Rovers as well on a rotten day neither team the conditions probably yeah. suited but Town managed to ground out a victory they 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 have players who've been there, done that, in the the business end of championships. So I guess uh, I, I I guess the point Tom Wilson was trying to make is we do have nothing to lose, but don't don't count us out. Like yeah. we we've been here before at at, a, at another level, admittedly, but still they've been at the business end of championships before. And I think Newcastle's best bet is to keep it a very tight game. You know, kind of um, Tom Wilson alludes to that that you don't want to hello they're going to build up a lead like to hello did in Clan. If Newcastle can keep it tight and make it a battle. They know how to win tight games. They did it against Mallow. They did it against um, Valley Rovers. Rovers. That's when Ty Toomey got a goal. I think 52nd, 53rd minute when they were trailing. They went on to win. So um, if, if it's a tight battle and if if they can make it a battle and a fight, um, they could they could push to Hello further than people think. You know, But you'd still have to think to Hello do hold all the aces here. But, um, yeah, well, you mentioned the lead that to Hello built up against Clonakilty. They were eight points up at half-time. Clinical is a word that was used to describe them. It was 1-8 to 3 points at halftime. They scored 1-6 without reply in the first half and that totally killed the game off. Mm-hmm. So Town would have to be very wary of allowing that to happen again. But I think uh, when we hear from Town manager Tom Wilson now who spoke to Kieran ahead of Saturday's huge Cork Senior Football Championship semi-final against Duhallow. I suppose in one way, is it uncharted territory for Town, like being in a county senior football semi-final? It, it, it's, it's your first time, so... Do you see it as bonus territory getting this this far for the first time, or the fact that you're here now? Do you really want to drive on and make the most of it? Oh, in our club, we obviously try to uh, drive on and make the most of everything. You know, mm-hmm. um, our our ambition would always be to, to get as far as possible uh, in any competition that we're in. I suppose we are in bonus territory. Uh, I the ambition um, would have been to keep our status in Premier Senior for next year or whatever uh, we had to, to beat Bud Valley Rovers and uh, Mellow to get to, to get that but then when we got that fair we said we might as well you know what else have we to do we might as well drive on and go as far as we can What's different this year to previous years because I think even getting to the quarterfinals this year was the first time Newstone have, have achieved that since 2011 kind of you know, after a couple of very good results there like you said um Beat Clan early on, got the better valleys, um, good win against Mallow, didn't beat Ireland. Is there something different in, in, in the in the camp this year, Tom? Well, I'd put it this way. Uh, in twenty fourteen we got to Premier Intermediate Holding Final. Mm-hmm. And in twenty fifteen we won it. And the last two years we've got to the quarter final of the team holding. So like it's it's down to that. We won we the same team basically. So 
it's a matter of, um, I suppose, when we're out of one, the other can drive on uh, more. That's, that's just the nature of our club. And as far as, like, like I mentioned there, like, you're, like, you're in a very unique position, like Newcastle being a senior hurling and football club, so kind of the silver lining to be knocked out of the hurling is it probably has allowed you to concentrate a lot more on, on the football and you're reaping the kind of benefits of that now. Absolutely. We're like, we, we've had eight weeks now, basically, of doing football. Um, we haven't had that, I'd say, since probably 2011. You know, that's, that, that, as I said, it's just the nature of our club. It's the way, it's the way we do things. We drive on as far as we can in, in both codes. And if, if one is beaten... Um, and the other one gets a chance to to recover because we did get three weeks between when we lost the hurling and the value of this game. That was very important. What's been the most pleasing, I suppose, performance and results so far? Kind of, um, you haven't conceded a goal yet, I don't think, in the championship either. But what what stands out for you so far in this run, Tom? Well, like you say, we haven't conceded a goal yet. We, we, we've been defensively very strong. Um, you know, but then we have won two very tight games uh, in the first two. We happened to get a goal against Spelly Rovers, um, which was the winning of the game. Whoever was going to get a goal first, but he felt was always going to win it. And um, we we finished up only beating Mellow by a point as well, um, 15-14. And, um, you know, the fact that we had a shutout against the Rovers in the second half of last year was a huge plus. You know, and uh, you know, it's given us a bit of confidence now in going forward that you know that we are defensively capable of um, doing quite well. And and the fact, like you alluded to there, like Newstown have won a couple of games by just by a, by a point or two. Like when it comes down to the crunch in a game, like you know how to kind of to dig in and hold on to lead. You know, kind of that's a that's a very good characteristic to have in any team. It, 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 it certainly is. It, uh, I suppose the biggest challenge now um, is getting ahead in the first place. Yeah. You know that um, we know we're up against like a hugely um, excellent to hello team, like who like who blew can guilty away in the first quarter and all the rest there. Um, you know, um, so we have to come over our guns blazing ourselves to be able to try to match them in what they're going to do. You kind of uh, kind of said there, like the Duhallow are obviously kind of county finalists last year. They've been there thereabouts for for the last couple of years. So, looking ahead to the semi final this weekend, Thomas was keeping it tight in that opening quarter is very very important. You don't want Duhallow to do to clan. You don't want Duhallow to do to Eve what they did to clan. You know, I suppose you you want to keep it tight and and really make it a battle for them. Absolutely, certainly. Like I mean, um, you, you look at the, all the talent they have, you know, and their clubs are going very well at the moment as well. You know, along the likes of John Thomas, Martin Green, Ken Tucker, all flying in, the, in 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 their respective championships. So we have to respect all that, and um, well, we have to keep it very tight at the back. We're going to have to kind of try to build up a score in the other end ourselves as well. And I also see this year what's new to the setup that that um, the two O'Driscoll brothers from from Car uh, Colum and Brian have been I suppose, drafted in to help out. What sort of a effect have they had on the setup, Tom? Well, I suppose they brought in they brought a new direction. Mm-hmm. Um, like they have been um, both senior inter county players themselves. They have 
experience of coaching at that higher level, um, and they have got that note to bear with us and our, I suppose, our direction and what we are doing has improved immensely under them. And I suppose they're bringing, like you said, they're kind of fresh ideas, fresh voices and so on, like, you know, and sometimes sometimes that, that really does kind of give you that extra couple of percent and the two lads, like you said, they're like, they've they played at the highest level, you know, they've, they've um, so they're going to they really do know what they're talking about as well. Absolutely. And the, 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 the result, no, that, you know, the, the fact we got results in the first couple of games, I think has really built the belief within the lads that... Um, in, in, in what Colum and Brian are, are, are bringing to each training session and that kind of thing as well, you know. Brilliant. No, fingers crossed for, for this weekend. Hopefully it's another great day for Newcastle Tom. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening to the Star Sport Podcast, the only podcast dedicated to all things sport in West Cork. Don't forget to pick up this Thursday Southern Star newspaper, including our award-winning sports section with everything a West Cork sports fan could want. In shops across West Cork and online from anywhere in the world via www.southernstar.ie forward slash e-paper. The Southern Star and the Star Sport Podcast, number one for sport in West Cork. The West Cork ladies came up short once again on Saturday as they were beaten by six in a row chasing Morn Abbey on a scoreline of 4-9 to 1-9 in the senior ladies county final at CIT. This was the second year in a row the West Cork ladies have been beaten by Morn Abbey at this stage and this one will have hurt just as much if not more. Kieran, you were at the game mm-hmm. at CIT. What did you make of it? Um, the better team won straight off. The better team won. Morn Abbey were, were distinctly the better team on Saturday evening and... Um, Morneby raced into a big lead. They got four goals in the first 23 minutes. And to be honest, I was kind of fearing the worst at that stage because Morneby were just ripping right through West Cork and it didn't look good for West Cork. In fairness, the divisional side of West Cork, they, 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 they dug in and the, the second half performance was a lot, lot better than the first half. But the, kind of the horse had bolted by then. Um, West Cork will have regrets. They really will, Jack, especially that first half performance, especially against a team like Morneby. They're All-Ireland champions or Munster champions. They were going for six in a row. You cannot let a team like Monevi score a goal after less than two minutes. Off the throw in practice. Oh Jesus, yeah, kind of it was an absolute killer. And um Mornevi just found holes in the West Cork defence. They kind of they braked it at speed and they really did rip the West Cork defence right open. Um Devon O'Sullivan again was outstanding. Like what a player she is. Um Noel Healy, we kinda of mentioned her last week, she's the Dublin import with um with Mornevi class act again you know kind of her she got her second goal it was a beautiful finish a bullet of a drive coming in off, 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 um, off an angle um, they were just too good for West Cork um, which is probably the which is probably just cutting it down to kind of the simplest terms um, like I said West Cork did play a lot better in the second half but by then at half time I think it was 4-2 to 3 points um, oh, sorry, no, it's 4-2 to 6 4-2 to 6 points sorry but what happened then at the start of this of the second half is that Mornevi got the first four points in a row. And like whatever hope um West Cork have had of staging some part of a comeback, they needed to kind of race out of the blocks quick, but they didn't. They were slow again. Because you would have thought at half time, going in four two to six points down, admittedly that's conceded four goals, so heads possibly would have been down but they were still within touching distance realistically mm-hmm. and to concede those four early points was a real killer blow it did yeah because all of a sudden there was 12 points between the teams and 
Whereas Cork did have a lot more of the ball after that, um, and they had a lot of chances again, but they missed an awful lot. And I think we touched on it a small bit last week when we were talking about West Cork saying that they kind of had to be more clinical with the chances it created, but they weren't, you know, kind of did some bad wides from, from open play. Um, but then, I suppose credit too to the Mornaby goalkeeper and the Mornaby defence, like there were some serious blocks going on back there, kind of. I can remember. Um, Anya Terry O'Sullivan had a shot Neve Cotter had a shot I think it was Derek Kiley had an effort there was a couple of more chances um, in between but Mornaby just repelled everything that was thrown at them and when West Cork did get through for a goal they needed I think it was around 12 minutes left Melissa Duggan who I have to say was outstanding again she is some player um, she's on, she's nominated for a GA All-Star this year and I really hope she gets it because she was superb again um, against, against Mornaby the last day she just doesn't know when to stop. She's a brilliant, carries the ball so, so well. And it was no surprise that she was pulled down for, for the penalty. And after that, Kiro Sullivan was yellow carded. So whenever we were down to 14 players, Anya, Tor- Anya Terry stuck away the penalty. So all of a sudden, the gap had been kind of reduced to seven points. And we kind of 10, 11 minutes left. So you're thinking, okay, if West Cork can get the next score, maybe, just maybe, they might start putting seeds of doubt in Mornaby's mind but more than happy went up the other end and Dorna Sullivan got two points the first one from play was beauty and then she got a free as well and it just kind of struck at me and said Do you know more than happy such an experienced team um, when West Cork had a bit of momentum they went up the other end got on a couple of points and it just stopped West Cork on their tracks again and then the game was petered out um, I unfortunately wasn't able to attend the game but I was following closely online and uh, on the radio and you mentioned in your match report as well and you also mentioned earlier the four goals in the first 23 minutes that Mornami managed to score. Sarah Hayes went off injured for the West Cork ladies early on. She's their, their full back. So how much of a difference maker was that? Because to lose a player out of your full back line so early can only cause chaos really. And I guess Mornami were only too happy to take advantage of the confusion. Yeah, um, Sarah Hayes has probably been one of West Cork's best players this year. She was um, captain of the Cork Under-21 team that won the Munster Championship from Ross Garvey. She's um, what she, she is too, Jack. Not only is she a good footballer, but she's a physical presence. Um, I suppose West Cork, a few of the players you could say are slight. You know, kind of What struck me the last day at Morn Abbey is that they're a very big, athletic, strong team. Um, West Cork don't have that same, same build. Um, Sarah Hayes is, is a strong player and what actually happened there she had a collision with Darren O'Sullivan they both went for the ball and they were both down injured um, and they broke it up and they played on Darren was fine after but you could see that Sarah wasn't herself and it turns out that she had a shoulder injury and I think she went off to CUH after just to get it checked out so that was a big big blow because um, West Cork then, uh, they brought on Christine O'Sullivan and she would have been back and I think Cleda Maguire went back into the full back line so they made a couple of of switches but it would have, would have upset them yeah. you know kind of um, I, I don't think it was enough to to kind of pin it all on Sarah's injury on, uh, on the result but it's, it's a factor yeah it was a factor but even I think if Sarah Hayes did last the full game just more than were especially that first half too fast too quick too slick too clinical too good for for West Cork um, but it's a game where West Cork like I said they will have regrets and they know that they, they can play and they can play a lot better than they did and that's something that they kind of have to use for, for next year because it can be very tough for divisional teams because you're pulling from so many different clubs and the clubs are in county championship action themselves you know kind of 
I really do hope that West Cork's kind of stick at it and they, they go again next year. Um, because to be honest, they're the only side in in Cork that can actually give Mornavi a game. Um, I think we talked very early in the year that a number of senior clubs in, in Cork were looking to oust West Cork from the county championship. They thought that they shouldn't be in there. But if West Cork were not in the county championship, I'm not joking, Mornavi would win year after year after year, kind of. They're that good, Mornevy. So at least with West Cork there, it makes it some bit competitive and it gives Mornevy, um, gives 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 them a good, good game hidden into Munster. Um, and West Cork will get better, I think. They have a lot of young players there. The there, is, there is a championship in this team. Oh, there, there? 100%. You know, when you're looking at the team, Emer Dara Kiley are very young, kind of Claire O'Shea, Laura O'Mahony, even the likes of Neve Cotter, uh, Emma Spillane, Melissa Duggan, Anya Terry. They're still young. They're still young. Even Martin O'Brien. Um, is 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 quite young as well in relative terms, you know, kind of. Um, so they have the core of a very very good team, but they need to stick together. Um, and I suppose what's happened over the last couple of years too is the first year West Cork started off, they had the Kinsale players and they didn't have Clannacilty and Bear players. Then the the next year they lost um, the Bantry players because Bantry went senior, but they got in Clannacilty and Bear players. The year after that. They, West Cork couldn't pick Kinsale players because they were gone senior but they, this year they could pick Bantry players for the first time in two years because Bantry had regraded so again it sounds a bit confusing but it just shows the kind of um, difficulty, the difficulty for a divisional team you know you don't have the same pick year after year after year um, like the Bantry Blues came in this year and you had Emma Spillane um, Eve Murphy Rachel Murphy they all played the last day so um, if you have a more settled team going forward um, which is just, obviously it's very very hard for the divisional team they're definitely in with a show because you've 10 Cork seniors on, on that West Cork team so um, I, I think it's worth noting too that Mornaby won the All-Ireland last year Jack um, and they lost three out of the, last, of the previous four finals I think some stat like that so it took Mornaby a while they were knocking on that door for a while before it opened now West Cork have lost two county finals but they just have to keep knocking at the door because their time will come and they need to be ready to take their chance when it does. And just uh, just before we move on, what I what I have heard um, since Saturday's Saturday's game, even that in the West Cork ladies' dressing room there was devastation uh, on the faces of the players. They were they were down, and mm-hmm. that's I know you don't want to celebrate the fact that people were upset, but it's a good sign that they really really desperately wanted to win for themselves, but also. Mm-hmm under the visual guise of the West Cork ladies which yeah. sometimes you don't see in visual sides it's mm-hmm. a box ticking exercise but these players they desperately want to win a senior county final they desperately want to win it with this divisional side mm-hmm. so that's promising they will be back and, uh, and, yeah. and hopefully we'll see them in a final again next year before we, we, we take a break though I just want to touch on Morn Abbey briefly this is their sixth in a row mm-hmm. over the weekend in Mayo Carnacon led by Cora Staunton landed there 21st senior county final in a row so I know we said there's a, a county championship in this West Cork ladies side but is there a danger with the likes of Noel Healy coming down from Dublin that this Morn Abbey side could just continue and could we be talking here in four years time about the 10 in a row winning Morn Abbey ladies you could honestly you could Morn Abbey are that good um, still not quite as as dominant as the Ben McCarvery in Waterford, I think. I know what they won. Was it a 28 or 38 there a couple of weeks ago? But um, Mornabby are the dominant force in Cork Ladies Club football right now. Um, it'll take a very, very good team to beat them because they're all Ireland champions. Like, kind of, 
it's just almost unfortunate for West Cork because they're kind of building and getting better all the time that for them to take the next step that they have to beat the best team in the country you know and more than mm-hmm. are that you could see the last day kind of um, they've just strength all over the field and then in, in that attack when you have Kiro Sullivan Eddie Jack Dyrna Sullivan Noel Healy like it's it is inter-county standard you know kind of I would think Mourne Abbey would beat a lot of inter-county teams to be quite honest with you so um, they'll take a lot of stock and go into the Munster series and then probably hopefully the All-Ireland series as well Shane Renane has done a terrific job with them um, but they are they're, they're the standard setters um, that's what West Cork have to reach to beat them you know what kind of they're not too far off it so like I said keep knocking on that door and it will it will open so okay lovely stuff well we leave that there for now and coming up after the break we're going to have a look at what's to come in this week's Southern Star Sports section thanks for listening to the Star Sport Podcast the only podcast dedicated to all things sport in West Cork don't forget to pick up this Thursday Southern Star newspaper including our award winning sports section with everything a West Cork sports fan could want in shops across West Cork and online from anywhere in the world via www.southernstar.ie forward slash e-paper The Southern Star and the Star Sport Podcast number one for sport in West Cork Welcome back to the Star Sport Podcast and before we wrap up today's show we're going to quickly look at what's coming up in this week's paper. And Kieran, I assume the Bantry Blues versus Aero Oak in the Premier Intermediate Football Championship semi-final is going to take centre stage. Yeah, that's a big game for Bantry on Saturday in Clannacilty at 4pm. Um, brilliant to see Bantry at this stage of the competition, Jack. They haven't reached it in a... Geez, I don't know when the last time they got past the quarterfinals. The quarterfinals was receding the last couple of years. But they beat Bendon recently after a replay, which was um, a very important result for them because in the drawn game, Bentry were five points up inside the last quarter, but Bendon came back to Bendon came back to draw that game and forced the replay. And there was almost this feeling of Jesus was that Bentry's chance gone. But in fairness, no, they they came back and they beat Bentry, they beat Bendon in the the replay. Um, Kind of like with Newcastle and Duhallow, kind of I suppose Bentry Blues will go in as underdogs against Air Og. Air Og now would be one of the favourites to win the Premier Intermediate. Um, any team that is Kieran Sheehan listed as a sub, like they did in the last game, they didn't need to bring him on. Um, there's some strength and depth. Air Og, they've intercounty players all over the the pitch. Um, even like Daniel Goulding, a former Cork footballer up top, is still scoring heavy. So um, yeah, kind of Bentry have it all to do. I'd uh, chat with Peter Murphy for he's the Glengarth man who's who's training and coaching the Bentry footballers. I'd chat with him for for this week's um, for this week's paper, and they're they're confident, you know, kind of they're after taking a load of confidence off beating Bendon and getting through to this stage. So, and again, like Newcastle, they really have nothing to lose. So you never know, kind of they're 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 with a chance, Jack. I think hopefully, I suppose another topic you'll hopefully be touching on in this week's paper is newly newly I don't know what word I was going to use there but Premier League goal scorer ah yes 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 <laughs> Bandon's Conor Howard who got his Aston Villa Premier League scoring yeah good stuff for him because he kind of um, even tweeted after that he's now scored in all four of the, the English top flight division so that's League 2 League 1 Championship and Premier League which is it's a nice little feat to have in the sporting CV I think you know um like he's 25 goals for Villa now in probably just two and a half seasons which is some going again and it's very important for Connor because 
he started the first game of the season against Spurs um, <clears throat> Villa lost that game away in, in London and he, he lost his place in the starting team then the starting team in the Villa Premier League he was playing in the Cups the Carabao Cup and he got three goals and he got, he got two against Crewe and one against Brighton it could be and he won his place back in the team for the Premier League and since he's come back in they picked four points up out of a possible six he was very influential in the 5-1 win against Norwich City last weekend he got a goal himself he set up a goal for Wesley in the first half he was taken down for a penalty that Wesley missed so it was a, a performance that he needed um, because like I said he was out of the team so he was fighting to get back in there so just great to see him score his first Premier League goal again classy finish that left foot that magic left foot and hopefully he'll um, he might set up a few or score a few with the next couple of Ireland games coming up, Jack. Because squeaky bum time for Ireland and uh, you were twenty twenty qualifiers, Georgia and Switzerland both away from home. Yeah, Georgia away, never an easy place to go, as the old cliche goes. And we could really <laughs> oh, that do old cliche, yeah, yeah that, that old that old chestnut. <laughs> so we could really do with a, a few mm-hmm. Connor Howard and free kicks, or at least uh, decent corners that someone can get their nut on. Maybe John Egan. John Egan, yeah, no, hopefully, touch wood. Um, again, plenty more in this week's Southern Star. Like we've plenty of previews, obviously with Newsys Down. Do hello. Um, we have coverage of the games from last weekend. Andrew Gold footballers have given themselves a great chance of staying up in the Intermediate Football Championship. Um, we also have previews of the Donnies ladies and the Castlehaven ladies are in County Junior Football Finals this weekend. So we've talked to both camps. Um, We've also explained her in there about the Cork 2020 County Championships, um, just kind of letting people know who's in what division. Um, I hope it's um, more concise than your description of the All Ireland series <laughs> for next year. It is. It's a. It's a lot more concise. Concise. Um, I hope. I might have to have another look at it now after after my performance today. But it just gives people, a, I suppose, um, lets them know who's in what division because it's very much kind of set in stone now there's still a couple of places that can move so let, let's say in the new senior A football championship which is the level hold on just let me get a <laughs> a note token calculator out here the new senior A football championship which is the level below the premier senior you have the likes of O'Donovan Rasa Donnie's uh, Bantry Blues Era Oak so it's kind of interesting for people to know what possible local derbies we might have in West Cork next year but I'd urge you to read that this week water and listen to me yeah because I confuse a nation um, but there's plenty more besides that twice I would suggest <laughs> just to be sure just to be sure yeah plenty more on it again action packed as usual so and before before you sign off there uh, today I just wanted to touch on one more topic before we wrap up this week's show <laughs> and I think you know where I'm going with this it is the fortunes of the famed Manchester United Football Club a club very close and dear to your heart and uh, they're in a relegation battle I think it's safe to say they're two points above the drop zone they're surrounded by teams like Norwich Watford the team that beat them on Sunday Newcastle United so uh, Kieran, Ollie's at the wheel should he stay or should he go as a Liverpool fan I presume you're taking no joy whatsoever from from the current woes the trials and tribulations of United uh, it's it's um, quite bad again at the moment uh, it's it's hard to see when you're actually looking at the squad and I saw the squad that flew out to the game against Newcastle when he was named on Saturday you're thinking Jesus this is a mid-table squad at best you know kind of the couple of injuries that they've had has decimated the squad it was light at the start of the season it's worse now um, I think the hope is that they'll get the injured players back 
and then they might go on, on a bit of a run was the sale of Romelu Lukaku not the the stupidest thing they've done all summer looking back I know hindsight 2020 mm-hmm. I get that but this is a man who's like he's probably guaranteed to score at least 15 goals mm-hmm. and that's not if he's playing every week if he's playing every week he might get 20 or whatever and I know he wasn't really setting the world alight but they've gone from having an established Premier League striker to no established Premier League striker yeah kind of it happened late in the transfer window but you presume but it was mooted a long way off that Lukaku wanted to go so like there should have been some contingency plan there because like he was making all the noises he wanted to go like there was Inter Juventus and they obviously ended up with Inter and stuff so they should have had a plan B there was like um, Menzukic from Juventus was, was heavily linked and there, there's talks about going back in for him again but he's 33, 34 you know kind of it's really last resort stuff uh, isn't it, it? It, it is like United are left so lightweight up front you've You've Rashford, who the stats have shown has a has a worse goal scoring record than um, who's that beauty from Arsenal? Daniel um, Welbeck. No, the the Danish. Um, oh, Bentner. Yeah, that um, they always actually have a very similar goal scoring record for the amount of games that uh, Bentner played at the same time in his career. So you're left with with Rashford, Anthony Martial, who hasn't convinced yet, and a 17 year old or now 18 year old, Mason Greenwood, like that's so nice. And then, just, just using your Bentner comparison as well for a second, um, just to use a Chelsea comparison, young Chelsea upstart Tammy Abraham mm-hmm. is now only three goals shy of Rashford's best ever season, and we're only eight games into the campaign. And uh, as much as I like Rashford as a player, and would have been someone who said that guy's a player, you know, yeah. I, I thought. He's starting to look like I mentioned Danny Welbeck. He's starting to look like potentially the new Daniel Welbeck. He's not a centre forward. I think you have to play him out with the left. You know, I really think he's to be shifted out to the left. And he's been given a chance to lead the line, and he just hasn't taken it. You know, he doesn't look fully fit either. The last couple of games, um, especially against Arsenal, um, he didn't look fully fit at all. And because of injuries, he's featured in nearly every game. Um, I'm not making excuses for him because... <laughs> Sounds like yeah, but that's it's, a, a small bit, you know, kind of. It's, it's, it's a tough place to be United fans at the moment, you know, kind of. Um, hmm. It probably feels what it's been like. What This is this is what it feels like to be a Liverpool fan, I think, for so long, you know. Not, kind of, yeah, well, not for know, a long time now, but... Yeah, but kind of the tables have turned so much. And then almost... Uh, Liverpool in the Gerard Julia era. Roy Evans era, maybe. But they want this fed. Liverpool still want this but I don't think you know and and the fear is after the international break United's next game up is at home to Liverpool and then they have five away games on the bounce yeah. including Champions League fixtures and United haven't won an away game in 10-11 games at this stage since February um, it's just it's appalling how badly it's it's falling down it's falling down so so fast um, and I honestly think it hasn't got as bad as it can yet I think it'll get worse I really do kind of um, well if you really think it's going to get worse Man United are currently 100-1 to to be relegated but Kieran reckons it's going to get worse so if that happens the odds will probably go down to something in the region of 80 to 1 60 to 1 so maybe if you're a betting man or woman like I tend to be occasionally maybe now's the time to back United to get relegated they just don't score goals Jack kind of like a certain right like kind of defensively they have definitely improved you know Maguire Wan-Bissaka um, they, they, they are better defensively but they cannot score goals it's something like They've scored 17 goals in the last 18 games and you could straight away four those against Chelsea in the opener like they're struggling to create chances um, they had no shot and target away at Alkmaar in the, in the Europa League kind of it's every game and, and <laughs> Holly Gunner had the gall to say the pitch was unplayable the surface was not up to United standards mm-hmm. this after not 
having a shot on target in 90 minutes of European football against a mid-table Dutch side. I'm not going to defend Ole, right? And this is the last thing I'm going to say in a boat, right? <laughs> but but what, what I think for, for Solskjaer is he's come in at a time like following Mourinho like he did lift the spirits and there was a lot of you could say the likes of, of Sanchez and Lukaku didn't want to be there and even Fellaini and um, Chris Smalling and Phil Jones is still there. Like There's a lot of Deadwood that needs to be shifted out and at least he has started that kind of clear process and he's bringing in these young fellas the likes of Mason Greenwood um, and a couple of more than Gardner started against uh, against Alkmaar last week. So he's given these young fellas a go which is commendable. Like It's not to say they'll all make it like the odds are some of them won't you know but at least he's clearing out the deadwood and bringing in some some new fresh fellas out, out of the academy but to throw the young fellas in at the deep end a struggling team that's devoid of confidence that can't score a goal that can't win away from home that has no leaders um, it's it's tough on them but I don't know how history will remember Solskjaer's reign when it eventually does end but I think he has started a process that hopefully in years to come will lead something so um, we'll see. We might check back in a couple of weeks' time and see if my tears dried. <laughs> okay, Kieran. But on that note, I think it's time for you to get us out of here, and you go back to your office and dry, dry those tears. Dry those tears. Anyway, thanks for listening to this week's Star Sport podcast. We'll be back at the same time next week. So if you enjoy these shows, please make sure to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, Acast, Stitcher, or wherever else you listen to the show. Cast Stitcher or wherever else you listen to the show. Cast Stitcher.